What to make of Bitcoin now? Why is it going up so much? What to watch out for? And what should I do about it? You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 166. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a Dave Ramsey smart vester pro, and a wealth advisor. It is great to be with you today, and today's episode is what to make of Bitcoin now. But before we get to the topic of the day, I got my first COVID shot yesterday. And I know some people listening are probably like, Scott, we don't even believe in the vaccination. Others are wondering, Scott, how did you get it already? And even others are saying, great job, Scott. You know, I was fortunate enough to get invited to a site that had some extra. So, you know me, I didn't want anything to go to waste. And today, that was yesterday. Today, my arm hurts and I feel a little out of sorts. Not yesterday and not when I first woke up this morning. I went for a run. I was feeling great. And then after my shower, slowly but steadily started creeping downward. My wife went on a run after me on the treadmill and I told her I wasn't feeling well. And she said, well, I was listening to a podcast while I was running. And I said, well, great. You're listening to my podcast. And she said, no, not yours, sweetie. I was listening to another podcast. And this particular person said that they were going to take a month off after that episode. And she said, maybe I should think about doing that as well. And for a second, I thought, wow, this is probably a pretty good idea. I'm not feeling great. I think this is a good plan. This is what I might do. And then I thought back to episode number 160. And if you haven't listened to 160 of the Best in Wealth, go to bestinwealth.com, find it, or find 160 on your favorite podcast app. And when you're there, please leave Best in Wealth a review at that Purple Apple iTunes podcast app. That would be awesome. And then listen to episode 60, my one word. It was the one word challenge. That's what the episode was all about. And my word is dig for 2021. And I'm going to keep digging in 2021. So taking a month off, although sounded like a good idea, and truth be told, this is the second time I'm recording this episode because I have this little digital recording along with my mixing little station and my big fancy microphone and my computer. And I got about two thirds of the way done with the episode. And I looked over at the digital recording device and It runs on batteries and it went dead. So I am just fresh back from Walgreens picking up batteries. So it did sound like a good idea, but not me. I'm going to keep digging. Taking a month off 
is like putting the shovel down. That's not going to happen. I'm going to be a strong family steward in 2021. I might have a blister or two on my hands, but I'm going to keep digging. And you, you should too. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right. What to make of Bitcoin now? You know, when I first started podcasting years ago, it was the middle of 2015 and probably in 2016, I did a two-part series from a John Oliver episode. He does HBO's Last Week Tonight and he did an episode. So I ended up doing a two-part series and I dug up a quote that he had done in 2018. And this is what he says. Everything you don't understand about money combined with everything you don't understand about computers. That's Bitcoin. In fact, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. One of, get this, I just checked it out, over 4,000 cryptocurrencies. That is a lot. Bitcoin is just the most famous. But all of these cryptocurrencies, and I'm going to talk about Bitcoin and others, they're all subject to much debate and fascination given Bitcoin's dramatic price changes. It's not surprising that many, many people, including you and me, are speculating about its possible role in a portfolio. Should I own it? Should I not own it? And I did an episode back at the end of 2017. And you know, Bitcoin has not been around forever. I can't remember how long, but I think since maybe 2011, something like that. And it just kind of stood at, you know, steady like a currency is for a long, long time. Until 2017, it had a dramatic rise from a couple hundred dollars for a Bitcoin to $20,000 per Bitcoin. And I did a podcast about it at that time because there was craze about Bitcoin back then. And then what happened? In 2018, at the beginning, it plunged. It plunged hard, not to where it was in 2011, 12, 13, 14, but it plunged high. A lot of people lost money because they bought it on the way up. But, you know, it still was in the couple of thousand range, 5,000 to 10,000 a coin. Then it started rising up in 2019, a little over 10,000 or 12,000, and then came back down to six or 7,000. And then at around October of 2020, it has shot straight up. And as of today, it was worth, when I looked last, over 53000 per coin. In its relatively short existence, Bitcoin has proven extraordinarily volatile, though. Sometimes gaining or losing more than 40% in a month or two. Imagine having a million bucks and you decided to put it all on Bitcoin because you're following the herd. You know, I talked about the our biases in, in episode two weeks ago, in episode 165, and that's what people are doing. They're following the herd right now. You got a million dollars in Bitcoin, and that thing could swing. Yeah, she could go up to a million four after a month or two, could also go down to 600,000. Extremely volatile. Any asset subject to sharp swings gets exciting for traders, especially when it's going up, i.e., GameStop stock that I did an episode on a few weeks ago. So why the rise? Well, there's a lot of speculation about why the rise, but it's easier to purchase now. 
Even three, four years ago, it was difficult to purchase. There's a heck of a lot more people talking about it. It's all over the investor boards, just like GameStop. More millennials are buying it. A few institutional investors are buying. And some feel like it's a great hedge against inflation. So with all this money being printed, maybe it's a good store of value. But listen here and listen closely, my friends. Bitcoin is of limited value in both A, a reliable medium of exchange, one that would replace cash, at least now, and two, as a risk-reducing or inflation-hedging asset in a diversified portfolio, maybe to replace bonds. Get what I said, though. It's not a risk-reducing or inflation hedge against a diversified portfolio. And as a family steward, we are diversified. We're diversified over 12,000 stocks, dipped and tilted into the higher expected returns that have been doing awesome lately. So, getting back to Bitcoin, assessing the merits of Bitcoin as an investment can be difficult. Adding it to your portfolio has to mean pairing back the allocation to investments such as stocks, real estate, or bonds. I mean, you got to give up something to get something. Because if Bitcoin didn't exist and you had extra money, it won't go to Bitcoin. It most likely would go to the stocks, real estate, or bonds. Now, if you own stocks or real estate, we expect to receive future income from dividends and stocks or rent from real estate, even though the size and timing of the payoff may be uncertain from month to month. When we own a company, there's actually people working making products, providing services for a profit. And as a stockholder, we participate in the profit. Same with real estate. And if you're holding bonds, you generally expect to receive interest payments as well as the return of your initial investment or your principal. Now let's think about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is similar to holding gold as an investment. Even if Bitcoin or gold are held for decades, the owner of that Bitcoin or gold may never receive more Bitcoin or gold. And unlike stocks or bonds, it is not clear that Bitcoin offers investors positive expected returns. All you're owning is a coin or a little lump of gold, hoping that supply and demand are as such that it will be worth more. There's no one behind that gold. There's no one behind that Bitcoin providing services or products to make more money, to give you more stock. It just isn't happening. You're hoping supply and demand makes that Bitcoin or gold higher in value. Some say Bitcoin is different than gold because with gold, we may discover more gold. And if you're holding gold, that gold's going to be worth less because more of it's hitting the market. Gold is worth what it's worth because there's not that much supply. However, you never know. Somebody might find a lot of gold somewhere and it could be a problem if you're holding gold. Others are even talking about the potential of extracting gold from other planets. Think about that for a second. Now with Bitcoin, there's a finite number of coins. I think it's like 21 million or something like that. But who knows what happens next? 
Could they make more coin? I'm not sure if code could be written differently in the whole blockchain scheme. I'm not sure. But there's over 4,000 cryptocurrencies. Could they merge up? Could there be so much crypto out there that your Bitcoin is worth less? There is no guarantee. So as family stewards, let's just back up for a second. Let's put aside any squabbles over the future value of Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Because I'll be straight up honest with you. When I did that episode in late 2017, when Bitcoin was up over 20,000, if you go back and listen to that episode, you'll feel my tone. And my tone is, I feel like it's probably going to come crashing back down. And it did. But I never, ever would have expected it to take this dramatic rise here at the end of 2020 and into 2021. I read how Bitcoin is going to 100,000. Man, that's almost doubling from today. But I read too how it's going to lose big and come crashing down again. So it's all speculation. We're going to put those squabbles aside because as family stewards, there's other issues that we need to consider. I'm going to bring up three. One, Bitcoin is not backed by an issuing authority and exists only as computer code, generally kept in what's called a digital wallet, accessible through a password chosen by the user, the one who owns the Bitcoin. Have you ever forgotten a password? Have you ever misplaced one of your passwords that maybe you wrote down? And then, of course, you contact the sponsor of that website to restore access. I've done it many, many times. Now, I use LastPass right now. Love LastPass. But I don't have everything in LastPass, and I forget passwords to this date. There is no resource for any forgetful owner of your Bitcoin password. There's no avenue available to holders of Bitcoin who forget their password. After a limited number of password attempts, a user can permanently lose access. And since there's no central authority responsible for Bitcoin, there's no recourse for the forgetful owner. There's a recent New York Times article which profiled the holder of more than $200 million worth of Bitcoin that he can't retrieve. His anguish? Oh, just imagine being that person. Oh, I would just be sick to my stomach every single day. I'm not laughing at him. I'm just saying, whoo, that would be a pretty big deal. But apparently this isn't unusual. A prominent cryptocurrency consulting firm estimates that 20% of all outstanding Bitcoin represents stranded assets unavailable to their rightful owners. Think about that. Wow. You have an account with stocks and bonds or cash, and you forget your password, you go down to the bank or you click forgot password, answer a security question, and reset your password. Or you go down to your local branch of your bank or your brokerage that's holding your stocks and bonds, but not so with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is more of the Wild West. Issue two to consider as a family steward. Mt. Gox, a Tokyo-based Bitcoin exchange launched in 2010, was at one time the world's largest Bitcoin intermediary. 
handling over 1 million accounts in 239 countries and more than 90% of global Bitcoin transactions in 2013. That's pretty big. Guess what? It suspended trading and filed for bankruptcy in February of 2014, announcing that hundreds of thousands of Bitcoins had been lost and likely stolen. What? Just like your investment is gone. To me, that sounds still like the wild, wild west. Imagine buying some Bitcoin, watching it go way up in value, and then getting an email saying, oh, that exchange you used is now bankrupt. There's nothing there for you. That is or sounds like the Wild West to me. Okay, issue number three to consider as a family steward. The UK Financial Conduct Authority cited a number of concerns as it prohibited the sale of crypto asset investment products to retail investors last year. They cut it off. Among the concerns were one, the inherent nature of the underlying assets, which have no reliable basis for valuation. We already talked about that. Number two, the presence of market abuse and financial crimes in crypto asset trading. Okay. Number three, extreme price volatility. We talked about that already. Number four, inadequate understanding by retail consumers of crypto assets. That's a big one for sure. And finally, number five, the lack of a clear investment need for investment products referencing the cryptocurrency. Hey, listen for a second. The financial industry has a long tradition of innovation. And cryptocurrency and the technology surrounding it may someday prove to be a historic breakthrough. For those who enjoy the thrill of speculation, trading Bitcoin may hold appeal. But those in search of a sound investment strategy should consider the concerns of the Financial Conduct Authority above before joining the excitement. Listen, you listening to the podcast, you are a family steward. You want to do the best for your family. And sometimes that means not following the herd into this wild, wild west. We're going to be upset because we hear about people who own Bitcoin and now it's worth 50 grand, but the story's not done. They haven't sold yet. We don't know where this is headed. Many, many people are going to lose big, just like in GameStop. You want to do what's best for your family. And sometimes that means not following other people. We, as family stewards, we are investors, not gamblers. And Bitcoin right now is gambling. Some have won big, only if they sold. Most have lost and most will lose big as people continue to buy during this upswing. When it bursts, we are family stewards and we can't afford to be part of that burst. That is why we stay the course. And at the end of the day, that will give us the greatest chance for success. 
I'm going to keep digging, and I want you to keep digging as well. So as we travel through family stewardship together, let's develop a good, sound investment plan. Let's not take part in the wild, wild west. If you want to satisfy your appetite, your appetite, just buy a little bit, okay? All right, that's all the time I have for right now. I hope everybody has a great, great, great week, and I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.